0: My grandpa kept a box in his attic for over 70 years. It contained his entire experience as a soldier during World War II. These are the letters he sent home. Hello, and welcome to Airmail from D.I.P. Gifu, Nippon, November 28, 1945. Dear Marion, I'm on the way. Save a date. Love, D.I.P. To all the readers and followers of this project, I want to thank you for coming along with me and Dorrance Alquist on this journey. It started back in 2017 for me, in 1941 for him. He was drafted in June of 1941, before the United States had even entered the war, one of the first of his friends to report to Fort Snelling. He was 23 when he left behind his family, his girlfriend, and a job at Title Insurance Company. After mustering at Fort Snelling, Dorrance was sent to basic training at Fort Bragg in North Carolina. He must have shown natural competency and leadership because they held on to him after training instead of shipping him out. By the time his 24th birthday rolled around on February 27, 1942, Pearl Harbor had been invaded and the U.S. had officially entered the war on two fronts. Dip seemed content to remain stationed at Fort Bragg instead of heading overseas. March 1st, 1942. Dear Mom and Dad, what a birthday. The most exciting and eventful one I've ever experienced. Everything happens to me. Twas, on one hand, a very happy day, and on the other hand, a very sad one. In one short and concise sentence, this is what happened. I had corporal stripes pinned on me and lost my gal, all on the 27th. Yes, Dorrance's girlfriend, Marion with an A, dumped him on his birthday however he was not too shook up about it he maybe even anticipated it with his long absence he did however also begin his rise in the ranks at Fort Bragg. He spent the majority of 1942 at Fort Bragg eventually achieving the rank of sergeant and leading basic training himself but by the end of the year he wanted to achieve something more and prove himself to the army He and a few of his friends from Bragg took entrance exams for the Officer Candidate School and were admitted to the school at Fort Sill in Oklahoma by the end of the year. By his 25th birthday, in 1943, he was knee-deep in accelerated schooling, working to become an officer of the United States Army. Saturday, February 27, 1943. Dear Mom and Dad, Hey, that date up there sure looks familiar. If I'm not mistaken, I was born on that same day about 25 years ago. Am I right? I thought so. Now for a little surprise for you, it so happens that Dorance is spending this birthday in the hospital. Don't be alarmed, I'm as healthy as can be now, and I'm getting out Monday. Remember that cold I wrote you about? Well, I just couldn't seem to shake it, and last Tuesday, it just kicked back at me and this is where I landed with fever and bronchitis. I recovered overnight, though, so I guess all I needed was a chance to rest and let the old health catch up to me. The pace in school is terrific, and I was going along from day to day trying to shake this cold. Just couldn't be done. I guess in the end the cold would have shook me. Oh well, this is a nice little vacation from the rat race. He recovered after missing a week of school and was able to graduate from SIL as a newly minted lieutenant on April 29, 1943. One person that had been writing him encouraging letters during the last year was an acquaintance from Minneapolis named Marion Sneen. That's Marion with an O. She recently moved to Los Angeles, California with a friend, seeking more adventure, and found the faithful pen pal in Dorance Alquist. Imagine both of their surprise when Dip was sent from Oklahoma to Camp Roberts, just south of L.A., Well, plans were made and telegrams were sent, and Dorrance planned a weekend leave to travel to Los Angeles and meet up with Marion. Unfortunately, at the last minute he was sent instead to a San Francisco replacement depot. He ended up spending over three months with almost no duties, but unable to leave long enough to drive to LA. He did, however, have plenty of time for day trips to San Francisco, where he started dating a girl named Nancy Fenwick. Frequent double dates with his buddy Roger Loper solidified the relationship, and by the time he shipped across the Pacific in September, they were writing letters regularly. At this point in the war, the US had just begun to turn the tide against the Japanese. They had been slow to catch up after Pearl Harbor, but the industrial capabilities of the US far outpaced those of Japan, and soon the sheer number of ships and planes and people was beginning to overwhelm the Pacific. After 16 days at sea, DIP landed on Guadalcanal, which had recently been overtaken by the navy and marines. Dorrance was attached to the 8th Field Artillery Battalion in the 25th Division of the Army, under the command of General MacArthur. After spending two months of rest in New Zealand with his new battalion, they reported to the island of New Caledonia. It was here that the training for jungle and island warfare began in earnest. This is where he found himself on his 26th birthday march 4th 1944 southwest pacific dear mom and dad it's saturday afternoon guess if i was back there now i'd be strapping my skis to the car and be taken off for moon valley as it is i'm sitting in my little tent clad in a pair of shorts writing this letter with sweat rolling off my brow this old sun down here especially this time of year is terrific by the way what a birthday i had got soaked in a rainstorm Got that can't we be friends anyway letter from Nancy, and had a headache all day. Oh yes, and lost my raincoat. Everything happens to me. Dorrance spent nine months training on that isolated island just waiting to join in on the island hopping approach to Japan. He rekindled his correspondence with Marion Sneen during this time, and performed a number of different roles in the battalion, including acting as battery commander a few times. Eventually, his number was called, and the battalion shipped out at the end of 1944 on their mission to recapture the Philippines. News was scarce as they fought their way through the jungles of Luzon. Philippines, March 3rd, 1945 Dear Mom and Dad, Gosh, I suppose you've worried your heads off. I see by my little book that my last letter to anyone was written to you on February 11th. No, I'll take that back. It was February 14th, into Esther. That was the day I was ordered up front with the Doughboys. I was with them until yesterday, when I was relieved. Guess you've heard of the much-talked-about forward observer? That was me. I could write a book right now on what happened to me, and what I saw, but some of it wouldn't be good reading. Oh yeah, I must tell you a good one that happened to me. One day last week, during a quiet moment, I asked one of the boys what the date was. We never knew. He said it was the 28th, and I almost fell out of my foxhole, when I realized my birthday was a day before and I hadn't even given it a thought. Guess I'm not officially 27 then, isn't that right? DIP remained on active duty through the beginning of July. This included frontline duty as forward observer and aerial observer, and led to his position as battery executive, where it commanded the artillery operations of his battery. In July, his battalion was brought back from the front lines to rest and trained for the anticipated invasion of Japan. He would have landed right after the Marines had it not been for the dropping of the atomic bombs and the subsequent surrender of Japan. What was to be an invasion now turned into an occupation. Instead of dreading an attack on the homeland of the Japanese he had been fighting, Dorrance now looked forward to landing in Japan as a completion of his tour around the Pacific, He had been overseas for two full years now, and was fairly confident he would return home in one piece. Despite hitting a typhoon in the South China Sea, and then being anchored outside Japan for a month while the bay was cleared of mines, Dorrance did eventually set up camp in Japan. Once there, he was put in charge of the destruction of airplanes, tanks, and other military equipment. He found the place interesting enough, but all he wanted to do was return home. After seeing almost all his fellow officers be replaced, Dip finally got his sailing papers today, November 28th, in 1945. He was going to make it home for Christmas, after all. I can't imagine the emotions of sending this last letter to Marion back in Minneapolis, or even the emotions as she received it. Dorrance Alquist was drafted before the U.S. was at war and served the entire war until after victory had been declared. He told me many years later how important his army training and leadership skills had been to his life. He was certainly a natural communicator and had the ability to make fast friends wherever he went. He returned a changed man. Instead of returning to his entry level job at title insurance, he went to the University of Minnesota on the GI Bill and got his degree in mechanical engineering. He spent most of his working life as a project manager for a mechanical contractor. He also stayed in the Army Reserves and did weekend training for years. Instead of returning to his girlfriend, Marion with an A, he returned to his correspondence girlfriend, Marion with an O. They got along famously in person, and eventually he married her in June of 1948. Together they purchased a newly built home in Richfield, Minnesota for $11,000. They had three daughters, Jan, Jill, and Jody, and six grandchildren, and lived happily in that house for the rest of their lives. It was in the attic of that house, that we found these letters and photographs after Lieutenant Dorrance Hallquist died at the age of 96. It's been fascinating to go through the whole story and learn what it was like for him during the war. I hope you have enjoyed following along and maybe it even shed some light on the experiences of your relatives during World War II. It's been rewarding to find some of the descendants of people mentioned in these letters and provide them with a glimpse of their parents and grandparents through someone else's eyes I'm working on scanning the hundreds of negatives that Dip shot during his service. There are some amazing photographs, and I intend to organize them into a book, in addition to some of the letters, to tell a more visual story. If you're on the mailing list, I will give updates periodically to let you know how this project progresses, and you'll be the first to know when it's available. Thank you so much for the support, both moral and financial, of this project. I hope that your reunions with her families this holiday season are as joyous as Dips after being overseas for over two years. I will always miss Grandpa Dipps' harmonica playing during our family gatherings, but I know he's smiling down on us as we celebrate his life. God bless, and take care of one another. Christian Olson P.S. Here's a little treat straight from the man himself. Messages from the occasions of my wedding anniversary... My wife Natalie's birthday and my thirtieth birthday. I hope you enjoy it as much as I treasure these recordings.
1: You have four old messages. Happy anniversary. Tuesday, 7, 0, 8, p.m. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Natalie. Happy birthday to you. Monday, twelve thirty, five PM i <laughs> Christian. Wow, this is your 30th. It is a big one. I hope you have a wee of a time. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Wednesday, 2, 0, 4, p.m.